as we go through the scripture this morning. And actually, this morning we're going to be in Luke chapter 24, so turn your Bibles there. We're going to be reading verses 13 through 35. If you didn't bring your Bible, there's one right in front of you. It's a black Bible, and if you don't own a Bible, feel free to take that home. That will be our gift to you. And let's pray once more. Lord God, once again, we just thank you so much for this day that commemorates the resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ. And there's just so much meaning in that, Lord. And even today, we will only discover just a little bit. But I do pray that each and every person in this room would draw closer to you because of the resurrection. For some, Lord, maybe for the first time, they might surrender their life to you. And we pray that for them. For others, Lord, we pray that they would come back to you, who have maybe been away from from you for a while. And I pray that you would soften their hearts and open their eyes and their ears, and they might hear what the Spirit says. And for those who, Lord, who just continue to be faithful and serve you and love you the best they can, I pray that you would encourage them and comfort them through the power of your word this morning. And we pray all this in the name of your Son, Jesus, our Savior. Amen. All right. So again, we are going to be in Luke 24. The title of this morning's message is, Can You See Jesus? You guys remember those, there was, I'm going to say, in the late 90s, or back, as my little nine-year-old would say, back in the 1900s. Doesn't that sound like a long time ago? It's like, hey, easy, dude. It's just like, a, it's just, just like 20 years ago. But to a nine-year-old, that's, you know, it's like George Washington was around or something. But do you guys remember those posters or those books that you used to, like, stare at? It was, I think we have one up coming up right now. Do you guys remember these? Where you would just, like, stare at it and try to find the picture within the picture? And I don't know about you, but I was never that great at it. And I would, like, stare at it for a long time and then pretend like I found something. But there were people that right that could look at it and, and in an instant they could find the picture within the picture. And they would tell you, well, if you look right in the middle and then kind of like pull your head back and you could start to see the image and there were all these weird things that people would tell you probably just to make fun of you to see if you would do it. But it was hard, right? You had to like really strain to see that. Do you guys remember that or was it just me being a nerd in Barnes & Noble? Okay, thank you. Well, the reason I bring that up, because uh, as we'll see in this story, people even today may have a similar issue with seeing Jesus. You know, you might know people who see Jesus in everything, right? And you have a hard time yourself finding Jesus or seeing Jesus. No, I'm not talking about the people that find Jesus in a tortilla or a pepperoni pizza. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people that have a real live faith in Jesus, a real relationship with him. And maybe you're in here this morning thinking as you saw worship, there's something different about some people in here. They really, really are worshiping somebody. It's not just a concert where they're singing to the band or with the band. They're singing to somebody. So again, I'm talking about people whose life has been radically transformed. And you see that and you're like, I don't understand that. I don't see what they see. And you may even strain at it. You strain and strain like we did in those pictures, or at least like I did. And you try to see Jesus in your life. You try to have Jesus in your life. You even go to church and you try to read the Bible. You even cry out to God when you're in pain and you're suffering. But you just don't feel it. 
You just don't see the Lord. You may even, I'm going to be good this week. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Just, you know, so I can have that relationship with Jesus. But you try as hard as you may. You know, inside is like, I don't have that. I don't see Jesus. And again, just like that picture, you're straining and straining and it's not happening for you. You don't know why. Well, you're not alone. All of us have probably been there at some point, and sometimes maybe we go in phases, right, in our own walk with God where we, we see Jesus in one sense, and then sometimes we don't. But you know what? This even happened to Jesus' disciples, and so you're in good company in a certain sense if you're a believer this morning, and you're like, hey, sometimes I don't, I don't see Jesus. The disciples that we're going to look at this morning, they did not just see Jesus. They missed the resurrected and glorified Jesus. And I believe as we look at the story this morning, we're going to find a few reasons, and maybe you'll find one for yourself, why people fail to see the resurrected Jesus. So with that said, let's look at our story this morning, starting in verse 13. I'm going to read through verse 35, and then we'll come back, and and I think there's maybe four or five points that I'm going to make, because we want to get out there for that Easter egg hunt, right? (laughs) So, let's see. Verse 13. It says, and behold. So this is, by, just for a little, for those you may not know or don't remember. So this is after the resurrection. This is Sunday morning. Jesus has rose from the dead already. And two of his disciples, it's a few hours after the fact, are walking on the road. And this is what happens. It says, behold, two of them were going that very day, the day of the resurrection, to a village named Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all the things which had taken place. And while they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with him, or with them. But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are these words that you are exchanging with one another as you are walking? And they stood still, looking sad. One of them, named Cleopas, answered and said to him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which have happened here in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, The things about Jesus the Nazarene who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, in the sight of God and all the people. And how the chief priests and the rulers delivered him to to the sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, it is the third day since these things happened. But also, some women among us amazed us, when they were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body and came saying that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the women also had said, but him, meaning Jesus, they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. 
And they approached the village when they, where they were going, and he acted as though he was going further. But they urged him, saying, Stay with us, for it is, going, it is getting toward evening, and the day is nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he had reclined at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it. And breaking it, he began giving it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to one another, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the scriptures to us? And they got up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem, and found gathered together the eleven and those who were with them, saying, The Lord has really risen and has appeared to Simon. They began to relate their experience on the road and how he recognized, or how he was recognized by them in the breaking of the bread. And so there we have the story of the two disciples at first, again, not seeing Jesus. And what was it that prevented them from seeing Jesus? And as we go through this, I'm also going to be saying, what prevents people, maybe even yourself at times, or maybe all the time, from seeing Jesus? Let's go back to verses 14 through 16, and we'll find the first point. And the first point is this that there's a familiarity with the story of Jesus. Again, in verses 14 through 16, the disciples are talking about the events of the day that it happened. They're discussing and explaining to one another. Now, to us, crucifixion is a pretty big deal. It's not something that happens every day or very often in our world. But think of first century Rome. That's an everyday experience. That's normal. Criminals often were crucified. So it's a familiar story that they're talking about. Now if somebody great and somebody awesome had been crucified, that's not a familiar story. But I want to point out just that even in our world, we come here today and all of us could probably recite this story of that today, Easter, we know it's not about the Easter bunny, we know it's about Jesus raising from the dead. Or Christians believe that he rose from the dead. Wherever you are in your life, it's a familiar story in our culture. And so here the, the disciples are discussing the events about what is normal. And maybe again, as I said, you do that. And because of that, you can't really see Jesus. It's just a familiar story that you've heard all your life. And maybe even some who have gone through church all their life, they've been, you know, I was the one hunting for the Easter eggs. I know that story. And then you grew up. And you got older and you, you know, the story just lost relevance to you for some reason. And maybe you've even left the church and stopped coming. You just, you know the story, right? I've heard the story. I know it. It's become too familiar. And because of that, you yourself can't see Jesus anymore. And so maybe that's one of the reasons. That today, this morning, you, you know, even in your life, you strain and strain and trying to find Jesus but the story hasn't really resonated in your heart. It's just something that's tradition or something that happens on a certain Sunday, which we can never figure out when Easter is, but it's something that we celebrate. And so maybe that's what it is. Now, that wasn't it for the disciples, but I'm just drawing a comparison there. Well, what's another reason people can't see Jesus? I think it's similar to what the disciples, which we'll see in verses 17 through 21, which they came to admit, is that there's a misunderstanding of who Jesus is. 
Remember this morning as we looked at verses 17 through 21, let's look at those again, specifically in verse 21. As the disciples were reciting the story to Jesus, who they didn't know who he was, verse 21, they revealed to Jesus their misunderstanding. And let me read that again, because you might have missed it as we went through it. They told Jesus, but we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. So the disciples here admit that their hope was in a political Jesus. A Jesus who was going to just change the order of things. They were looking for a revolutionary to come and deliver Israel from their bondage from the Roman government. And so they misunderstood who Jesus was. That's not who he was. Right? Because if that's who he was, then he failed because he was crucified like any other criminal. So part of maybe what happens today when people can't really see Jesus is that they see or they misunderstand who Jesus is. They may be looking at Jesus as someone that's going to take something out of their life that they don't like. You know, maybe they're being oppressed emotionally, physically, mentally or financially something's going on in their life and they're looking to Jesus to be this deliverer of these temporal things their burden and I'm not saying they're not real I'm not minimizing them at all and I'm not saying that Jesus can't do that but if that's what you're looking for primarily in Jesus that's not his main purpose for coming and so you miss who he is so again you try to see Jesus the best you know how you know, I've heard somebody talk about him. I've read some scripture about him. I know a little bit about him that he can deliver, and that's who you look to him to be. And when you find out that that's not who he is, or maybe he doesn't deliver you financially, or emotionally, or mentally, or physically from what you're being, what you're being oppressed with, you walk away and say, well, I've tried that. It doesn't work. And you really missed seeing Jesus. And so, again, the disciples... Missed him in that sense. Well, there's a third way that people that miss seeing Jesus, and that's misunderstanding Jesus' purpose for coming. And it, it's similar to the one that the disciples had here. Again, they thought he was coming to deliver them from oppression from the Roman government. Their sole purpose or their sole thought about Jesus that Jesus is going to redeem Israel. It was about them personally. He's coming to deliver us as a Jewish nation, and that was it. And again, and when he didn't do that, they were perplexed, and they didn't understand what was going on. Again, they believed that Jesus was going to deliver them from the Roman authorities or the Roman government, Roman oppression, and that was his purpose. But they found out that it was not, and that's why they were saying that you know, they're walking, they're sad, they're discussing these things, they're trying to understand what is happening. Again, they didn't see Jesus because they didn't understand the purpose of his coming. Well, look at verse 26 of the text. And Jesus, so we move along in our story. And so Jesus, after hearing this from them, he explains to them the purpose of his coming. Look at verse 26. He says, was it not necessary, like this is what it needed to happen, for Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory. So he's telling them it was 
The purpose of his coming, his own coming, because he's the one talking, was to die on the cross, to die for all men, to suffer crucifixion. And then in verse 26 says, to enter into his glory. So Jesus came to die for the oppression of the sins of his people, to redeem people from their sins, in order that they may be the firstborn, in order that he may be the firstborn from the dead, and thereby paving a way for all people to raise to glory, as we sung a few minutes ago. That was the purpose of Jesus' coming. And so the disciples didn't understand that, and so they missed seeing him. If you turn with me to verses 44, I didn't read these this morning, but in verses 44 through 48, later on in that day, actually in the evening, Jesus elaborates a little more about the purpose of his coming as he explains it to the rest of the disciples. Look at verse 44 of Luke 24. Now he said this to them, these are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you. So he's reminded them of the things that he taught them before. He says that all, the, all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. And what is that? Verse 45. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written that Christ would suffer, rise again from, from the dead the third day, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed to his in his name, to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. And, that, and you are witnesses of these things. Here Jesus expands on the purpose of his coming. It was to die for the sins of his people. And he tells them, this is what the scriptures say. And you have to remember, the scriptures that he's talking about is the Old Testament. It's the Jewish scriptures. That's all they had with scriptures. He's not talking the New Testament because that is yet to be written at this time. So he's opening up the Old Testament and showing them from Moses and the prophets and all the writings, which are the Psalms and others, that this was prophesied to happen. This was the purpose, and you guys missed it. And in the same way, we as people can miss it too. We think Jesus came for a different purpose. We're looking for a Jesus who is coming to, to make everything right, to make, again, make everybody healthy, wealthy, and wise. That's the Jesus that gets preached sometimes on Sunday, that Jesus came to teach everybody how to get along with one another. Jesus came to be the humanitarian. Jesus came to tell people, don't judge one another. Jesus came to tell you how to be good and how to get to heaven. And Jesus does do all those things, but that wasn't his main purpose for coming, right? So what happens is when you hear about the real Jesus being preached, you're like, well, that's not the Jesus I'm looking for. I, I can't see that Jesus. But if you were to look in the scriptures, which is going to take me to my next point, that's the Jesus that you would find. So... The first three points again. How do people miss seeing Jesus? Well, too, the story's too familiar. It has no meaning for them. It's just another story, another tradition that they've always heard, and it doesn't make an impact on their lives. Secondly, they misunderstand who Jesus is. Thirdly, as I just mentioned, they misunderstand His purpose. And fourthly, and lastly, they misunderstand the scriptures. Look at verse 27 with me. 
verse 27. So when Jesus has to explain himself to the disciples, what does he do? He goes to the Old Testament scriptures and he says, Then beginning with Moses, and this will be the first five books of the Old Testament, and with all the prophets, this would be like Joshua up to 2 Kings and then all the major and minor prophets, and he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. So the prob- the, one of the reasons why people don't see Jesus is they misunderstand the scriptures. And this is primarily for those people that are already going to church and are always reading the Bible. They miss who Jesus is because they misunderstand who Jesus is. Right? They, again, the, the disciples misunderstood the scriptures. Again, they thought he was going to deliver them as a revolutionary, as a military, or, or excuse me, a political figure. And in a similar way, we miss it as well, sometimes even in the church. We misunderstand what the scriptures say about Jesus, so we think he's going to be, you know, again, the Jesus that's going to make us healthy, wealthy, and wise, and that's not what scripture says at all. There are principles to follow that will help us in our life, but that's not his purpose. So, again, how do people misunderstand this? Well, the first one is they never even read this book or your phone or tablet or whatever you have it on. You never really open it up and read it. So you don't even know what it says, and you're relying on somebody like me. You're like, well, I hope he reads it. He stands up there. Or you're relying on some, somebody that writes a blog or somebody that writes a devotional book. Or somebody that's preaching on, on TV or in a church. You need to read the Bible for yourself and see whether these things are true. Believe me, if I was to misrepresent Jesus here, I think Pastor John and I hope Pastor David, they both would, you know, say you're out of here, buddy. So you need to read the Bible. Another way people misunderstand Jesus is they get bad teaching, bad theology. Again, and that comes from the pulpit. You have to, we have to be critical about what we read and what we hear. You can't just take anybody's word for it. You need to compare what they say with the Scriptures. right? So if we ever begin preaching that, you know, if you come to Jesus and you give us $100 every week, He's going to triple that you know, for you this week. He's going to give you your major breakthrough because you gave $100 or whatever. That's nowhere in Scripture. So people misunderstand the scriptures and they don't see Jesus because what happens when Jesus doesn't give you your breakthrough, when Jesus doesn't give you what the pastor said he was going to give you, you said, I tried that already, I'm not, going to, I'm not following Jesus. It's phony because you misunderstand the scriptures, you don't see Jesus. So those are the four ways and maybe there's many more, but just with this story that I'm comparing that prevents people from seeing Jesus. So how did Jesus get the disciples to finally come to the realization that, hey, I'm right in front of you guys, I'm right here? Well, as I already said, he opened the scripture up to them and he explained to them from the scriptures who he was and what his purpose was. Remember verses 44 through 47 as we looked at a little while ago? That's how you find, do you want to see Jesus? Then you have to read the scripture to get the proper understanding of who he was and why he came. That's how you're going to see Jesus. At least the right Jesus. You won't stand there straining forever and ever and finally give up because it you know, didn't quote unquote work for you. I tried that already, it didn't work. 
Because when you actually finally see Jesus, what's going to happen? What happened to the disciples? Look at verses 33 through 35. So when the disciples finally realized that, hey, that was, that was Jesus. That was just with us. Look at verse 33. It says, and they got up that very hour and they went back to Jerusalem. Why? They found gathered together the eleven and those who were with them. And what did they do? Verse 34. They said, the Lord has really risen and has appeared to Simon. They were evangelizing. Once they, got, they saw Jesus, they saw the resurrected Jesus, it transformed them from sad, doubting disciples till they turned around and ran back, what was it, like so many miles back to Jerusalem to tell the other disciples. They reported that Jesus is alive to the disciples. And to anybody else who would hear, they were evangelizing. And secondly, they shared their experience with the other disciples. They encouraged the disciples. Let's read the rest of it. So they began to relate in verse 35. They began to relate their experience on the road and how he was recognized by them in the breaking of bread. They encouraged the other disciples. The other 11 disciples were gathered around, still kind of bummed out that, hey, our master had died. He's, he's gone. You know, if you've ever experienced loss in your life, it's like there's an emptiness. Somebody we loved is gone. Now what? But here the disciples, these two come back and say, he's alive. And they comforted one another with that fact that Jesus is alive. So the result of of finally seeing Jesus, when you really see Jesus, you are going to tell other people about him. And you're going to comfort your brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's really what church is about. We come here to tell each other about the Lord and to comfort one another with these words, with singing, with prayer, and with the scriptures. That's what church is about. So, in conclusion, how do we see Jesus? Well, the first one is stop believing in a Jesus of your own making. Meaning Jesus... Don't make Jesus into what you think Jesus should be, right? Jesus is, it's laid out in Scripture who Jesus is. So you believe in this false Jesus, and when he doesn't come through for you, you stop believing in him. You give up. Again, it's like me looking at those pictures. I'm really trying to see it, and once I can't see it, I just give up and walk away. So number one, you need to stop believing in a Jesus of your own making. Secondly, as I already hinted at, let the entirety of Scripture inform your understanding. You want to know who Jesus is, you have to get into God's Word. There is no shortcut. You know, there's no cliff notes on the Bible. Cliff, well, maybe there is. I don't know. Somebody might have it. But you're not, you want to get the whole... Jesus used the whole counsel of God. He used the entire Old Testament to show the disciples who He was and what His purpose was for coming. And so some of us this morning need to be reminded, you know what, if I I really want to see the right Jesus, even us as believers, sometimes you get a misconception or a misunderstanding of what Jesus is doing in your life is because you've stopped reading the scripture. I guarantee you, if you've fallen away from the Lord in some sense, ask yourself, when did I stop reading the Bible? Did I stop coming to church? If you do those things, I stop fellowshipping with other believers. Those are the three ways to quickly fall away from God. Stop reading, stop going to church, and stop fellowshipping with other Christians. That's three quick ways to stop seeing Jesus. So what's the opposite? 
Go to church, read your Bible, and fellowship with Christians. Who are your closest friends? Who do you surround yourself with? Are they encouraging you? Are they encouraging you in your relationship with Christ? Or are they pulling you away? How do we see Jesus? And then the last one, that this is not an entirely academic exercise. You know, if I do one, two, or three, I'm going to get it right. Remember what verse 47 said. We'll close with this verse of Luke 24. After Jesus said his purpose for coming was to, to be crucified, to suffer and to rise again. And look at verse 47. And that the repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations. That's the last point of application. Do you really want to see Jesus? Then you need to repent of your sins. You can't just say, well, I'm going to go to church, I'm going to read the Bible, and I'm going to hang out with Christians, and then I'll see Jesus. Not if, you're not, not if you're not forgiven of your sins, you won't. Have you repented of your sins, saying, Lord, I'm sorry for my sins against you. I've sinned against you. I need you to forgive me. I need what you did on the cross to cover my sins. And you need to believe it. Repent and believe. That's how you're going to start seeing Jesus. So repent and believe. Follow the Lord. Get in church. Get in your word. And get around other believers so they can help you see Jesus more and more. Amen? Let's close in prayer. And I just want to remind you that we are going to have some people that can pray with you after these two songs. We're going to have some worship and praising God for what He's done. And then afterwards, if you want to pray, there'll be someone down here with a, with a prayer chain on. It says that they're praying. They'll pray with you. Stay afterwards and pray with them. Don't leave this room without truly seeing Jesus. And really make this resurrection day something worth remembering. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you so much again for what this day represents. I pray that it represents more than what we thought it was. That you would remind us of what you've done for us how you went to the cross and suffered for our sins and you rose again on the third day so that we too might rise. You defeated death. You defeated the sting of eternal torment away from you for those who believe. And you've paved a way for us to live forever in your presence. And so we look forward to that day, not only, Lord, when we will see you But as often, we need to be reminded that we will see those who have died in Christ before us. That is our hope and our assurance that our brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers, aunts and uncles, and maybe even children, if we've lost children, that we will see again. There won't be a spirit being, but we'll hold them, touch them, talk to them just like we do with one another today. And all of this because of your great resurrection. And we thank you for that, Lord. And I pray that this morning, if there's anybody in this room who does not see you, but is beginning to see you, that they would come forward after the songs and pray with with our prayer team and that they would repent and believe. And if there's anybody, Lord, who this message is was so familiar when they were younger or at a time and they've lost their way that you would soften their hearts that you would remove their pride and you would cause them to come back home to you 
For you are a forgiving God. You forgive generations upon generations. And your mercies are new every morning. And we thank you for that. And it's in your name we pray all this. Amen.